You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedicky, and I'm so excited because today is September the 2nd. We're one week away from our one year anniversary with the podcast Hello Francis. Every single Monday since September the 9th of 2020, we have been giving you a new episode. Um, this episode actually will not air until let's see, until September, because we have, we're going into a whole series on Enneagrams in the workplace. But I have been trying so hard to connect with our guest today. He's amazing for like a thousand reasons. I was stalking him on LinkedIn right before this call and he sent me a text and was like, oh, you're stalking me. And it's like, yes, because there's so much to learn about him. And I hope, and all of his creative pursuits, and I hope that 30 minutes is enough, but it is my pleasure to introduce um, all of you to Mr. Zalman Harris. Hi, Zalman. Hi, Chantel. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. And I feel like there's so much that you can talk about from a creative perspective. I mean, that is really the whole basis of our podcast is entrepreneurship. It's creative curiosity, how all of us creatives, how we practice that and we manifest that into the world. And you have a very impressive resume of ways that you bring creativity to light. I, I'm going to try to run down here, but then I know that there's going to be things that I miss. You're a very celebrated photographer and videographer in our area. You have an impressive acting background. And then you're also the founder and president of Aletha's Legacy. Mm-hmm. I just want to dive into everything, but where do you want to start? Um, I can start from rapping. Oh, yeah. Okay, please. I didn't say that. No. So, okay. Well, you know that I immigrated here from from Liberia, West Africa in Mm -hmm. 2000. So I've been in the States for 20 years. I used to rap in Africa. And when I moved here, all of my friends who knew that I was into rapping were like, hey, you need to get back in the studio and release an album because you're in America where everything happens. So, you know, I was kind of reluctant. I was, I mean, I started working three weeks after I got in America into the state. Mm. I, I was working. I got into the workforce and I, I wasn't even thinking about rapping. So four years um, after I was here, I started rapping. I got signed to a record label and recorded an album. But then the record label, for some reason, were delaying my, my release. And I just got fed up and I walked away from the label. And then I started acting. So that was the birth of my acting career. After that, I when I left the record label, uh, my ex-girlfriend and I started a record label in Minneapolis. Mm. So I started, you know, we hired a photographer and a videographer, but I was always behind her, you know, with my own camera. And everybody started telling me, well, Zalman, your pictures and your angles with your videos and everything look better than, you know, th- this lady that you're paying so much money to. Why don't you just start doing it yourself? So that's how I started photography and videography. And wow. she just emailed me. I was like, hey, uh, I don't think uh, you need me anymore. I don't think I can work with you because, I mean, she herself, to her, she herself told me that, hey, look, your photos are 
more beautiful than mine and you're paying me a lot of money. <laughs> so I think, and then out of the blue, she just emailed me and that's how we cut ties. And that's how I just started doing videography and photography. That's awesome. And if you're local to our area, which we have listeners outside of the area, but if you're local to this area and you are at an event or whatever, Zalman's the guy behind the camera usually, uh, you know, he's taking all the great group shots and I call them the bougie shots. Telling you to put your drinks down, take your sunglasses off. (laughs) All the, the bougie event shots where people are seen, but Okay, so I did not know this whole piece about rap, but it just makes, so obviously you're a poet then. All phenomenal rappers are poets, and that's so incredible. And I did not know that, so that was, that's very cool. So you're a celebrated photographer, videographer, acting, rap, all of this stuff. How did Aletha's legacy come to life? Like, what's your inspiration, the story there? Well, Aletha's legacy, actually, when I was in Minneapolis, to backtrack, when I, when I left Africa, I remember vividly when I was on that Swiss Air flight sitting at the Ghana International Airport because, you know, I was a refugee in Ghana for 10 years. Wow. Uh, I was looking, I was sitting at the window and looking out and I just told myself, I am never, ever, ever, ever going to step foot back on this continent ever again because of what I had, you know, seen coming from a country that was stricken by a 14 year civil war. I lost my mom to a bomb on a bomb mm. hit the house. And I'm you so know, sorry. yeah, thanks. And I, I, I did not want to deal with this. So I came to the States and I just tried to block that out of my mind, everything that I had seen or, or experienced in Africa. But then in 2010, I started having this urge, you know, to go back to, to, to Liberia and, and do something I mean, all of my friends, most of my friends that I graduated high school with, all of them were in Liberia. They had nice positions and stuff like that. And they were like, hey, come home. And I'm like, I I don't really consider that place home anymore. You know, I have not been back there for I don't know how many years. And and I said, well, if I do go back home, I'll be bringing something back. And then I had this epiphany. Well, your family have they have a school back there that your grandfather started Mm. so I started thinking well okay if my grandfather started this school my mom and her siblings didn't want to deal with it so it went to the government I'm like well I could go over there renovate that school and make it a a private nonprofit school you know that was my thought but then I was in Minneapolis uh, working for U.S. Bank at the time and it's a big city nobody really cares about you or your problems or whatever everybody's moving Mm -hmm. so it wasn't until and it just kind of it was just in the back burner on a back burner sitting there it wasn't until I moved to Destin and then it kind of came up again and I went to to Liberia with with another friend who I'm not working with anymore and then we started Alita's Hope so we went um, started this whole project I initially wanted to do focus on education but because mm-hmm. the person I was going with was a medical per, uh, personnel we started you know on the medical side but then when we broke away because our visions were too different I, I decided you know I want to go back to where my initial ideas um, were so I went back to education and, and schools mm-hmm. so I went back um, last year my girlfriend and then I toured 
uh, my grandfather's school again. And little did I know there were actually two schools. Um, one was opened by my grandfather and the other one was opened by my uncle. So there were two schools with the same name, having my mm -hmm. family's name to it. So we started work on one of the schools um, as our first project, which is probably about $200,000 we have to spend. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 school, the new school building is actually almost done. They're on the second floor right now. It's going to be a two-story, wow. 10-classroom 10, 10 school. And then we're going to renovate the old building and demolish a portion of the building that is unsafe for the kids. So that's what we're doing. And that's how Alita's Legacy actually started back in 2010 when I started thinking about going back home and, and doing something for country because even though it's been more than 10 years or whatever, the country is still bouncing back, you know, trying mm -hmm. to come back from a 14 year civil war, which de I mean, demolished the economy. I mean, the social structure, I mean, everything was, was totally messed up by that 14 year civil war. Well, and it's so interesting to kind of watch your story and this mission unfold from the sidelines, which is what I've been doing. And to see so many of your friends here really rally behind okay. yeah, your mission and this like drive to make things better for your, where you come from. And I think it, it, you know, I, I'm my, we have a lot of mutual friends and just everyone is wanting to contribute through birthday fundraisers and yeah. things like that. And, and I think it's because this, your story is so compelling. It's amazing to me how the ties to your family just in general. And I feel this as well with Francis Roy, who was named after my grandmother and grandfather, those ties, the legacies that your grandparents maybe didn't quite finish or whatever. There's this incredible drive. It's like this, it will take you over sometimes yes, where, yeah. And you're just like, you try to ignore it and you want to work on other things or whatever. And it's this voice inside your heart that says, don't forget about me. Your family has this big mission. It's your time to pick it up. So yeah. do you feel that also? I do. I certainly do feel that. I mean, I was mm -hmm. just, thinking about that this week, I'm like, gosh, mm -hmm. it's been so long. These schools were started even before I was born, you know? Yeah. And, and just to think about it, I mean, I remember as a kid going there with my grandfather and um, sitting on his lap, you know, mm -hmm. when he was, and, and I was a baby, you know, but then just to think about me going back and walking in, you know, in that building and saying, oh my God, I was like a baby when, when, when my grandfather, you know, when the school started, even before I was born, you know, mm -hmm. so for me to go back and do it, I mean, I was just sitting and thinking the other day, like, wow, after all these years, I, I still mm -hmm. went back and I still had this connection, which I didn't even really knew that I had until 2010 when I had that feeling like, buddy, you got to go back, you know? Yeah. Well, it's amazing because I think that there is this misconception that in order for us to contribute to our family's purpose, that we have to be like everybody in our family. When in reality, that universal call to really do something bigger is use your talents. You don't have to be exactly like everyone else. Like what talents do you bring to the table and what you have created since you left Liberia from your plane ride into the States is you've been connecting with people, you've been learning photography and videography, you've been doing all of these things 
that allow you to go back to your grandfather's vision and really give it a story and give it a visual life that he probably never had the resources to do. What an incredible journey. I know. I know. I know. That's so crazy. And I don't know about people, how many people who are listening have faith, you know, in in Mm -hmm. a higher power. But one day I was driving and I was... Usually I'm listening to the news or I'm listening to my music loud in the car. And, and, and I was driving that day on 98 and I was just thinking like, God, what in the world? Every time, I mean, I come this close to success mm-hmm. and then something is going to happen. Something crazy just happens. And, and I, I just, it just deflates every time. And I was counting like, God, how many times, I mean, I have come this close and I'm smelling success, you know, and then mm-hmm. something happens. And I just heard this voice, like someone was sitting behind me on the passenger side. You have to serve first before you it's, get It's, oh gosh, yeah. You know, I kind of turned around and looked back to see if somebody was sitting in the back seat of the car because it was like audible. I heard it. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> I mean, and that was when everything came full circle to me, like, Okay. Well, all right. Well, yeah. I will serve then. You do what you got to do. I, it's for me that I, that resonates so strongly as almond because it wasn't until I stopped trying to be the most brilliant person in the world in the room and started trying to be the most helpful person in the room that I really started to see a difference in my career. Yeah. Like who cares who's the smart, you know, it's, it's all about how we apply our gifts and, um, you know, how we answer this creative calling in unique ways. And are we willing to, to offer ourselves a hundred percent without any expectation of what that will look like for us in terms of reward? And that is really when things started to take a tide for me personally, you know, with Francis Roy, who knows, like, if I'll ever be able to pay myself ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's so funny. It's like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously people got to eat, but it's, you know, that's not what we're doing here. And I think that you get that. Yeah, I do. It's something, it's something bigger. And if it takes everything that you've got, it's more about making sure that that comes to life than whether you're individually rewarded for it. That's you. So you're hundred percent right. I mean, there are many times I'm sitting here, most especially since after COVID, like yeah. there are no events, there's nothing. I mean, what's mm-hmm. going to happen? And then I'll just get this random call. Like yesterday morning, I'm laying in bed watching the news. And then I get a call. Hey, Z, um, I need photos of, 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 of these places. And I, I hear that you've got these photos and you're trying to put a book together for Destin. And I'm like, well, who told you that? And they're like, hey, I just need some photos. I'll give you $500. I'm like, what? Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of photos do you want? <laughs> like, even if I don't have them, I'm gonna go and take them right now. <laughs> so that's how it happens every time, you know. Yeah. And I, I just like relinquish all, you know, control. Like, hey, you know, I would get up and go and work, but mm-hmm. instead of stressing, sometimes like we all want to stress about things. It, it, there's always there's that 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 higher power that's in control that's that's all definitely I can yeah. definitely and that 
I think propels us to, to feel like when things get really bad, if we can shift our mindset and know that that is because you're learning a lesson, there's a purpose, there's a reason why what you wanted to work out didn't work out. And sometimes it's like, okay, maybe you just needed to sit there for just long enough to acquire those skills because you're going to need those skills for this bigger, yes. this bigger piece. And, but then you're like, oh, but I really love this and I want this to be the thing for my life. But you can't see all of the really great things that are coming um, in the future and what you'll need. It's amazing to me. My husband was in the Air Force. He retired in 2017. And I spent my, the whole first half of my career just moving around wherever he needed me to move around. And I would get so frustrated because I was like, what in the heck? I'm never going to be able to make any headway here. I have to start from the bottom every single time we move. Um, I have to start from the bottom. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. And then now it's like, I get it. Every single place we moved, every single job I had from the bottom to the top, every connection I made is I needed all of that to do this. I could not have done this now without all of that. And it's like, okay, I see you, God. Yeah, I totally get it because yep. uh, when I lived in Minneapolis, I mean, I had a good position at working corporate for U.S. Bank. And there were two states in the United States I said I was never, ever, 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 ever going to move to. California because of the earthquake, Florida because of the hurricane. Where am I? <laughs> right. Okay. So... I got, um, my godfather lived, um, lives here. So when I came to visit, he was like, hey, Zalman, why don't you consider moving here so you can work mm -hmm. with, you know, my son-in-law and partner in his company and blah, blah, blah. And it's, I mean, it's very lucrative and you're going to probably, your first year, you're going to probably make like 200 grand. I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> here well, we go. <laughs> yeah, I started dollar signs in my eye. I'm like, okay. So I went back to Minneapolis three months later, quit my job. I moved here, all right? Not knowing God, because I had already said that I was not moving here to Florida. God, <laughs> the only way he was going to get me here if this showed me a lot of dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> but on the contrary, I didn't, when I moved here and started working, I didn't even see a cent sign. Okay? <laughs> right, I hear that. <laughs> you know, so... But God was, 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 was bringing me over here to start this foundation. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. Because yeah. if I had not moved here, started working with VIP Magazine, I wouldn't have known all these people. To, to yeah. Today. Mm -hmm. Okay? If I had stayed in Minneapolis, I would have been in the same boat working corporate, 9 to 5, and still just having that dream of going back home and helping on a back burner and nothing was going to come to fruition. That's so incredible. Here am I. That's so. so incredible. It's, I love that the top two States that you don't want to ever be in, in the United States or <laughs> California and Florida. I mean, I'm sure that people totally get that. And, but here you are and it's, it really, I think your story absolutely illustrates that we, when we answer our creative calling, that we can just do phenomenal things and tap into everything that we've learned and put those tools and resources to use for something better. 
because there are kids in Africa that are counting on you. And I know that feels like such a huge obligation and responsibility. Do you feel the weight of that? I, I feel the weight, but at the same time, I feel so, I mean, humble by that mm -hmm. because when I go to Liberia, I mean, I feel like I'm just on top of the world when I see these kids are so excited when they, even when I hear about, you know, how excited they are, they're going to be in a new school building, you know, the next mm -hmm. semester. I mean, these kids, I talk to the principal of the school almost every day and she's like, Zalman, you do not know what you've done to these kids. I mean, there are people who are willing to come from way other, far other cities to come to the school because they, they, they walk by, they see this new building and they hear how they, they're going to have an auditorium with, with big screen TV for the kids mm -hmm. and, and new classroom, new facility, cafeteria and new bathrooms. Everybody's there talking about bringing the kids over there. I mean, that's I, amazing. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, you, I, I don't even know how to express it, but I, I just feel so, so humble that, you know, I can do, do this for these kids because mm -hmm. they need it. The government is trying to recover from this war. The corruption also doesn't even help because so education and stuff. It's not high on their priority. Sure. You know, they're too busy stealing their money and they're too busy trying to do bigger projects. But the bottom line here is the mindset of these people have been so altered and, you know, just changed for the worse. That's mm -hmm. causing, you know, and, and it's already a third world country. So right. I'm thinking to myself, okay, the only way you can help that country is start from the grassroots level, from the kids who are just starting school. Mm -hmm. I, I always use the word brainwash, but you know, Amanda you, always says that's a bad word, but <laughs> you have to try to brainwash these kids again, <laughs> you know, to, to, to have a different mindset so that as they grow and they get more educated, they don't have the same mindset as their older sisters and brothers who are just stuck in this rut and, and they're not doing anything, you know? And, yeah. and a vicious cycle and the, the, the country is just going to be stuck so we're trying yeah. to start from the kindergarten to um, sixth grade and hopefully by the time they go through that school they will have a totally different mindset than what their older siblings or other people had because we it, it's been pinpointed that that's the problem with, with the country their, their mindset is it's just it's war and and mm -hmm. survival everything has to be if they don't see it in front of them right now, it doesn't make sense to them. And people are so used, the people are so hungry, I mean, literally mm -hmm. hungry, that they only think about right now, right now. And nobody is thinking about the future in Liberia. So we're, we're hoping that, you know, with, with this school and, and helping, Amanda is even, she's, I'm, I, we're actually leaving on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's even thinking about going to help a district over there of women because she's trying to focus on women to help them and help them start, you know, grassroots businesses and, and, and stuff like that to fend for themselves and talk about, you know, all this having 15 million kids, you know. And, and again, when these are not problems or things that you can just solve overnight, mm -hmm. but 
by by at least starting somewhere. Hopefully, you know, we will we will get there in in the next generation. Or so, but well, I yeah, it's such a it's so moving, and I I I think not only am I completely moved by the story of how you got to Aletha's legacy, but you know, the reality is that you're bringing, you're trying to bring a new vision to where you came from so that the world has uh, more Zalmans that are, <laughs> you know, can contribute and realize that, you know, Liber Liberia needs more. And so it only takes one person to do that. So let's share with our audience, how can we help where do we find out more about Aletha's legacy? How can we donate resources and funds in order to bring this vision to life? Um, well, we can go, uh, folks can go to aletha'slegacy.org. So it's A-L-E-T-H-A-S, legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y.org. You've got all the, the donation tools there. You can just donate. Um, it's going to go to our... PayPal or the GoFundMe page. We also have a GoFundMe page on our Facebook page, Alita's Legacy Facebook. Those are the, the two main ways. Or you can send a check if you don't want to. Uh, these are all tax deduct deductible because we are 501c3. So P.O. Box, Alita's Legacy, P.O. Box 1824, Destin, Florida 32540. Three two five four zero. I actually really do appreciate all of our friends and supporters, including you, who have stepped up to to make this happen. You know, and we're talking about we're talking about faith here. We've got two minutes. We're talking about faith. <laughs> Let me just give one last testimony. We're talking about faith. A few weeks ago, Chantel, I was sitting here at night. I was here alone in in, in the house, and I'm like, oh my god. We have only $3,000 in the bank and we need $69,000 to finish this project. Okay. And I'm like, what are we going to do? And we already owed the contractor $7,500. So we were basically negative because the contractor, this guy is so nice. He was like, Hey, I'm just going to continue working. When you, when you get your donations, just send them, wire them to me as you get them. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to stop working. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. He's like, dude, I see your vision and I'm all for it and I'm going to support you any way that I can. I'm like, okay, that's a noble thing. And no pun intended, his, his, um, his, the name of his construction company is Noble Construction. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows. He knows his brand. Good for him. <laughs> and then Chantel, the next day, I'm sitting here, I was editing photos. I got a call from my, um, from Nikki, uh, my, my um, director for fundraising. She's like, hey Z, um, come to, um, to John's house, uh, the treasurer's house, and I want you to meet somebody. I'm like, sure. It was uh, one of our first big donors. This guy, guy gave us 25 grand. I had not even met him. So I was like, oh cool, I can meet him and say thanks, you know, for his donation. I get there, we sat down and talked and everything. And this guy's like, okay, folks, nice to meet you. Meet you, Zalman, I'm, I'm headed out. I'm like, okay. So I'm leaving. Long story short, Nikki's like, hey, me and John are going to walk you downstairs. I'm like, okay, I can walk on my, go downstairs by myself. You don't need to take me, but that's fine. <laughs> We're in the elevator, and Nikki's like, should I tell him or do you want to tell him? 
And I'm looking at the both of them. I'm like, the first thing a negative came to my mind. I'm like, okay, we sure you guys are resigning. I'm like, oh yeah. So they're like, um, Nikki's like, well, Greg just donated $35,000. And I'm like, what? That's and, amazing. And then John, on the other hand, he was like, and I'm going to match it. What? I am like, okay. And just in that time, the elevator door opened. And Nikki's like, you're not saying anything. And by the time she came close to me and, and, and turned around, I was bawling. I mean, tears were just like, I was crying. She's like, oh my God, Zalma, I'm so sorry. We didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> I could not. Just last night, I was asking God, like, God, what am I going to do? And then I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about this. You sent me to do this. And he actually proved to me that he's all over this and he's in control. The next day, less than 12 hours, I got $70,000. That's like, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, and that was it. I mean. Well, it, I, I don't know what you think you're supposed to be doing in this world, but <laughs> obviously it's this. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, think I think so too. I think so well, too. I have learned so much more about you than I knew about you yesterday. And I know that our audience is probably feeling as moved as I'm feeling right now about your mother and your story and Aletha's legacy and this school in Liberia and how we can connect and help. And thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Thanks so much for listening. Yes, of course. And okay, guys, so this is the time. You have to like, comment, share, send us an email if you have any questions. Hello at francisroy.com. Please also check out alethaslegacy.org on ways that you can support and follow them on Facebook where you can get access to their GoFundMe page as well. And next week, we will be back on here with an inspiring story about entrepreneurial creativity. So talk to you, th uh, talk to you then. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.